Hello and welcome to the Solana Podcast. I'm Austin Federa, guest hosting this week. Today we're going to be talking about stablecoins, USDC, and Solana Pay. So we're joined today by Shiraz Sher, the head of payments at Solana Labs, and Jeremy Allaire, the CEO of Circle. Welcome uh, to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Austin. Great. Well, let's start off with uh, with with Jeremy talking a little bit about Circle. Can you can you tell us a little bit about like what is Circle and what's its role in the USDC stablecoin? Sure, absolutely. So, uh, Circle is a global financial technology firm. Um, we operate a suite of services to help you know, businesses take advantage of digital currency in payments and treasury applications on the internet, which is all really a mouthful. Um, <laughs> But uh, you know, specifically, um, we, we, we have a couple of really critical things. The, the first is uh, we operate a stablecoin market infrastructure, as we call it, um, called USDC. And, and, and we'll talk, I know, more about that. But USDC is a dollar digital currency that is a asset-backed or fully reserved digital currency that can be used for payments and settlement on the Internet. Um, and it's already used really, really widely in the crypto economy. Um, and so we run that infrastructure and provide that to um, businesses, institutions, and through many and many of our partners uh, out to you know tens or, or perhaps even hundreds of millions of, of end users that interact with USDC. And and then we also operate a suite of of services for companies to uh, you know have payments and. Uh, treasury management and other things that are needed um, to integrate this into the way that they operate. So almost like a crypto native bank account for for businesses um, to store and transact. And and then alongside that, a, a broad set of API products. So basically circle APIs that connect the existing fiat system, credit cards, bank accounts, bank transfers with stablecoins, with the custody, security, blockchain management, other things that are needed to use that and integrate that into your own application. So lots and lots of fintechs, startups, companies, like building on those APIs to kind of integrate um, stablecoins and fiat um, into uh, into their applications. So hundreds of companies use those um, and, uh, and, and those are the kind of key, key things that we do. And, and um, you know, we've been growing with other products in, in Treasury, what we call Treasury services. So Circle Yield, which is a stablecoin yield product, um, which, uh, which has been growing really fast, too. Yeah, I want to get into that kind of in a minute. Um, so stablecoins, they're, they're foundational to um, a lot of how DeFi has been enabled over the years. So there's lots of different applications for that. Sometimes it's just as a, as a common transacting layer between multiple currencies. There, there's lots of different applications for it. But, but as you mentioned, there's more and more sort of enterprises and traditional companies as well as fintechs that are in that space um, that are looking to use stable coins in their business operations. At the same time, you have a bunch of DeFi DGENs who are sort of the original core audience for a stable coin. What what does that decision making process look like um, at Circle when you're trying to balance such a such a diverse user base? Yeah, it's 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 a great question. And you know, when sometimes I'm asked, you know, what's the use case for for USDC? You know, and my answer is sort of, what's the use case for a dollar? Um, well, the, the use cases are incredibly broad, and we see that actually today. We see people who are who are making you know personal point to point payments uh, internationally. We have see people making micro payments for digital IP through NFTs. 
Uh, and at the other end, you see institutions that are using USDC to settle half a billion dollar bilateral trades. Um, and you know that's a pretty broad, you know, broad range uh, of, of use cases that are out there. I think more importantly, conceptually, when we built USDC, and, and you can go back and read the original white paper um, behind it, and, and the idea of of fiat-backed um, digital currencies, our, our ultimate belief is that what's needed is a sort of protocol layer for traditional money on the internet. So you can have dollars and euros and pounds and yen and other, other currencies that just function on top of the internet the same way that other protocols support the exchange of information and communications. And if we had that and, and we could use those protocols at the speed of the internet with the cost efficiency of moving data, which is what I think blockchains hold that promise, Solana's executing really well on that, um, but, but hold that promise, um, that it could really unlock the storage and transmission of value to be um, a kind of commodity-free service on the internet. And so ultimately our belief is that Anything that any person or household or firm might need to do in the digital economy on the internet could be done with with uh, with stablecoins, um, and so we we definitely expect that to grow. Now, when we got started, it was anchored in what I call crypto capital markets. So it was anchored in uh, you know market participants that for all the work that they do and all the assets that they might be interacting with, they're all digital assets and they all move at the speed of blockchains, whatever that is, and the efficiency of that. And so they need their dollars to work the same way. And so that kind of gave demand for payment and settlement mediums that could kind of work at the speed of those markets and those blockchains. Um, so that was a good bootstrap use case. And that's really what brought a lot of, of this into existence. But now, um, you know, I, I, the way I like to describe it is, you know, stable coins are both protocols and money formats. It's a protocol that works on top of a blockchain to, with assurance and security and finality, settle a transaction. But it's also a particular representation of value of a dollar or a euro or, or whatever it is. And that, you know, protocols and kind of formats are network effects businesses. Um, and so the more people who have that, the more valuable or more useful it becomes. And the more products and services that are plugged into a protocol, the more um, the more useful and in utility that exists. And so we're now seeing the spillover of the use cases go into um, everyday businesses, more and more everyday businesses saying, wow, this is a very, very efficient medium. It's very inexpensive, it's very fast, it's, it's secure, I know it's final um, and, it, and it works globally. So we're certainly seeing that pick up. Um, and at, at Circle, um, as we think about use cases, we really believe that the acceptance of payments in a business context using digital currency um, like this is going to proliferate pretty significantly in the coming years because it's got so many attributes that are superior to existing electronic payments methods. Yeah. And so you touched on something that's really interesting, which I think, you know, everyone thinks of USDC as a protocol. But unlike most organizations that have launched a protocol, the underlying token of USDC is USDC. Its its whole point is it does not fluctuate in value. It does not go up. It does not go down. It stays solid at an equivalent of one U.S. dollar. But Circle, it obviously for profit organization. What are the mechanisms there that actually allow you to run a business as as an organization that has created USDC? There are a lot of of, of pieces. So. The first is today, USDC is approaching 50 billion in circulation. 
and Circle administers and reserves those assets. And so we generate income from that. Um, from that $50 billion, we generate income. And as that grows to be $100 billion or $200 billion, we'll continue to gen generate income from that. And, and certainly in a rising rate environment, um, that's significant. The second is we run a whole set of what we call transaction services and treasury services. And those are services that we charge fees for. So transaction services are you know, taking traditional fiat payment methods, using our infrastructure to do you know, blockchain native custody and payment. And so those are kind of usage-based and scale up, kind of like a Stripe or, or equivalent type of transactional um, service. And then we also provide you know, treasury services. So people who want to lend their USDC uh, can lend their USDC in a self-service way through our platform and, and get fixed rate, fixed term, fixed rate returns on capital on USDC. Uh, and we generate a spread income from that as well. So we're building out this sort of suite of commercial services um, that are globally available increasingly and, and, um, and that provide a, a lot of incremental value. So those, those are you know, several buckets as well um, that, that are really helping us scale our business. So uh, we were talking about transactional services. Um, you know, Shiraz, you have been intricately involved in building and launching the Solana Pay uh, protocol. Uh, can you give us an overview of, of what that is and, and how stable coins are an important part of that system? Sure, yeah. So Solana Pay is basically a new blockchain-based merchant payment system. Uh, it's open, permissionless, and decentralized. Uh, and it's premised on enabling merchants to connect directly with consumers in a peer-to-peer -peer fashion with no intermediaries. Uh, and it's really premised on the notion that merchants would accept stablecoins like USDC. Most merchants, uh, unfortunately for crypto natives, don't really care that much about crypto per se. They care about running their business. And that's why having stablecoins, US dollar denominated stablecoins are critical because what this affords us is the ability to move digital assets at the sp at speed and cost of the internet, as, as Jeremy mentioned. So for Solana Pay, what we're really trying to do is enable for merchants things like instant settlement, um, near zero cost transaction processing, uh, and and something that's really important is is the removal of intermediaries. Um, if you think about it from a merchant perspective, you know the most important thing a merchant does is collecting payments and engaging with their consumers with commerce. But there's a lot of friction. Um, tied to enabling payments and commerce. And with friction comes intermediaries, and with intermediaries come cost and a loss of control. Um, so if there's one headline for Solana Pay, it's it's really about giving power back to the merchant for the most important function which they do. So can you talk a little bit about that? There's, you know, payments is obviously a a many billion dollar industry globally. Um, you know, there, there's some big names that have 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 reached uh, some pretty astronomical valuations nowadays, based off of providing credit card payment processing solutions and that sort of thing to to e-commerce and non-e-commerce business. Um, what what's the sort of difference of, of approach here? How, how would you compare something like Solana Pay to a company maybe like Stripe? Sure, yeah, and Stripe. I would say that the removal of intermediaries doesn't mean that a lot of the traditional payments companies don't have a role to play. You know, the actual act of moving a digital asset from a consumer to the end merchant, that's that's the piece where there is there isn't need to be a friction, right? So with the Solana blockchain and a stablecoin like USDC, the movement of digital currencies from a consumer's wallet to the merchant wallet should happen like an email going on the internet. It should happen instantly with no cost. However, once a merchant has accepted 
you know, a USDC stablecoin or settle in a, in a stablecoin. There's a lot of interesting services that are needed to be done that merchants typically don't want to necessarily do themselves. So setting up token accounts, um, doing treasury management, reconciliation, integrating into legacy um, bank accounts. So there's a lot of work in the core stack of uh, post settlement of payments uh, that traditional payment companies can be involved in. Um, you know, it, it, this is really the protocol itself is just trying to simplify one component of payment processing, which is the most critical one, which is the, the transfer of value between the consumer and the merchant. One of the interesting things um, that we're building on, on the spec is the ability to also have a bi-directional communication. The, the benefit of having a true peer-to-peer -peer connection between a merchant and a consumer and not having an intermediary is that this allows the merchant um, to, for example, um, send digital assets back to the to the consumer. So this, what this could look like is something like, let's say you buy a new shoe. Using this protocol, merchant can send you back an NFT of that shoe into your wallet, which you can now take into the metaverse. Just an example, but illustrating why the notion of a peer-to-peer, -peer, a true peer-to-peer -peer interaction between a merchant and a consumer um, can open up a whole new set of new things. So Jeremy, Shiraz was talking there about one of the pieces of the stack that Solana Pay is trying to solve, that that payment from a consumer directly to a merchant. You and Circle work with companies that have extremely complicated payment flows that are trying to bring USDC into. Um, what, what are some of the areas that that integration has been easy and straightforward for these companies? And what are some of the areas that are still challenges for enterprise adoption of USDC and stablecoins? First of all, uh, just just to say, as, as you know, we're really excited to be supporting uh, Solana Pay, and um, we, we believe that the problem space here is is a really critical one. And you know, solving this problem of how to build a better connection between uh, you know uh, an end user and a, and a business, and and building beyond just the underlying digital asset transfer, um, and and solving some of these problems is 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 really really critical. You know, the the way the way I would kind of answer the question is, you know, there's sort of the base layer of you've got you know a blockchain and you've got addresses and wallets and you've got this settlement finality mechanism of of, of moving a, a, an asset like USDC as well. Um, and that part is kind of fairly low level. And so businesses that want to do use this as like a, a substitute for, say, uh, a card payment, you know, they, they can they can implement that with Circle APIs. They can take Circle APIs and they can, you know, automatically generate new addresses automatically for each payment. Uh, they can then, you know, track that payment to to a given payee. And, and then they can collect that and store it in USDC, or they can sweep it out to their bank account through an automated API that pushes a wire or other things. So there's like critical kind of behind the scenes treasury kind of infrastructure that, that's there. The, the problem is, is, you know, most end users, they don't really necessarily know um, what all these things are. And so I think being able to introduce things like, Having metadata associated with a payment, um, such as what the you know what the price is, what the product ID is, any other kind of merchant information that would be needed to kind of tie that payment to a commerce uh, transaction, to be able to have follow-on interactions that are associated with that payment, all these problems are are I think really important and have become things that people expect, whether it's through a traditional legacy payment um, mechanism. 
um, like handling something like, you know, you sent me the wrong product, I need a refund is like the most you know common or some loyalty mechanism that maybe is, is inducing me to want to use the payment instrument. And so how can I use a blockchain to provide that loyalty mechanism as an inducement as well, building a, a stronger connection between, say, the business and the user? And so I think um, the pain points are, are, are more that there's incremental value that's needed for both the end user and the merchant to kind of bring this to a point where it's a superior payment medium uh, to legacy payment rails. And so those are the kinds of things that we see. Um, but certainly, you know, the getting started piece is there. There's even, there's so, so much low hanging fruit and I think Solana Pay is a really good start at hitting some of the low hanging fruit and creating a way for wallet creators um, and then, you know, folks like Circle on the other end to make this a little bit more seamless for, uh, for all the parties. I would say that if you're an, um, a developer, a founder, uh, or even a legacy payments company, there is a tremendous amount of interesting stuff to build. Um, we just kicked off a hackathon, and we have a payments track in that. And you know, as Jeremy mentioned, the protocol itself is pretty low level. It's pretty basic if you look at it, right? It's it's just a very simple, the most native transaction on a blockchain is moving value from you know one token account to another token account, uh, and we've put some specifications around that to put in like transaction identifiers and things like that. The real innovation is really going to come, um, you know, thinking about what are the new features that can be built on top of this. Now, some of this will look like traditional commerce things like offers and loyalty, but there's a whole new set of, um, commerce related features and consumer value props that have yet to be you know, discovered. And I think that's, that's, what's really interesting is that there are going to be new businesses built on the, on top of these protocols that will leverage the power of the blockchain. Cause this technology opens up again, a, you know, peer to peer connection between a merchant and a consumer, um, eliminates the need for intermediaries. And now it gives power back, uh, back to the, to the merchants. So both the customer relationship, um, the data and power in terms of controlling costs. Sort of to push on that a little, payments has been the killer feature of blockchain since blockchain became a thing. But there's been no real successful blockchain payment systems that have really emerged. I, I think the the closest is you know there there are some exchanges where you can you can get a debit card that allows you to spend out of your exchange account, but that's still a custodial relationship where the exchange is holding your tokens. The 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 places where you know USDC and other stablecoins have been really successful is is not on the payments level as much as so far has been on that sort of collateralization level or you know within the DeFi space. So so Charles, what about both Solana Pay? or um, Solana is actually making this a useful place for payments to actually go mainstream. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. Crypto payments have been tried before. I mean, it's, you know, it's been talked about ever since the, the maybe the pizza example. The problem is the traditional approach to crypto payments have been saddled with several problems. So the first of all is that merchants don't want to settle in volatile currencies, right? You know, with some edge cases aside, most merchants say, I want to settle in US dollars um, or something that is the equivalent of a US dollar. Second is that the blockchains in the past have have taken minutes or longer to settle and that just just doesn't work when you're trying to complete a transaction, right? In, in on an e-commerce site, 
every second that delay is more card abandonment. So waiting, you know, minutes for a transaction to settle just doesn't doesn't work. And then blockchains, uh, you know, transaction fees that ex exceed the actual cost of the item that you're buying just doesn't work. So to alleviate all this, intermediaries came in and said, hey, okay, great, look, I'll remove some of this friction for you. Um, you know, I'll, I'll exchange the Bitcoin and settle with you in US dollars. Oh, and by the way, I'll take on some of the risk of settlement taking 10 minutes. Um, I'll give you an instant authorization and I'll just settle with you 24 hours later, you know, and I'll eliminate some of the fluctuations in in network fees. And for all that trouble, I'll charge you 100 basis points. And then it starts to feel and look a lot like traditional payment systems, where you've got an intermediary, there's a lot of friction and uh, a lot of cost, and an inter intermediary is saying, like, I'll simplify all that for you, and I'll charge you 100 basis points. And by the way, I'm the intermediary between you and your end customer. And that's, that's really, from what I've seen, what the attempts at crypto payments have done. What's different now is a couple of things. So one, is the rise of stablecoins and you know specifically USDC as a US dollar backed stablecoin and then you know the Solana blockchain technology that has the speed throughput and low cost that eliminates a lot of that friction right now you have instant settlement you have costs you know measured in fractions of a penny uh, and you have throughput you have the the ability you know you're not dealing with congested blockchain networks um, and then the other thing is we now have a growing interest in in crypto there's tens of millions of wallets out there people are um, you know, more and more kind of normies, as we, as, as we call them, I guess, are dabbling into crypto. And I think you're see, you're going to see two kind of mental models, right? One is I buy crypto for speculation and investments, but I think more and more people are going to realize like, oh, I can use this for transactions. There are transactional currencies that I can use that provide me utility. utility. Um, so I think there's the combination of all of these factors coming into place, with these new technologies are, are kind of going to give crypto payments, you know, a new shot in the arm. Yeah, I would, I would just add to that just just at a high level. I think one thing to note is, you know, stable coins and, and public blockchains have achieved an astounding amount as payment systems. I mean, these are decentralized infrastructure running globally, supporting literally trillions of dollars of transaction throughput. Um, and, 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 you know, su supporting uh, pr pretty material volumes that have grown and in including in a wide variety of payment use cases. And we see that all the time, the number of businesses that are just signing up for Circle accounts because they want to use USDC as, a, as a, just a payment medium um, outside of, uh, of, of the markets themselves. And so it's a pretty amazing achievement. And that's happened in a very short period of time. You know, I think there's many, many thousands of products and services that have integrated USDC it took, you know, like 50 years to get to like 10,000 issuers, which are people who've integrated the visa, you know, credentialing. And so the adoption of these uh, standards is happening at a really fast rate, which ties into the other piece, which is there have been a number of things that have been really necessary. I think one has been, you know, regulatory clarity, people being comfortable that this form of dollar is as good as an ACH dollar or a credit card dollar in terms of its its usefulness um, and its and its legal clarity. Um, businesses knowing that these are um, you know uh, legitimate financial infrastructure that they can rely upon and build upon. The other has been, you know, as we've talked about here already, is just the reality of the economics, the unit cost of a transaction, the speed of a transaction, and through platforms like Solana. We're seeing that be solved for, and so I think what we're what we're seeing is, you know, many more businesses, large merchants, 
traditional digital wallet companies who have large installed bases of consumers who want to wire up these protocols. And I think it's not just that they want to wire them up because this is a way to, you know, pay businesses. They want to wire them up because these are interoperability standards that make it possible for digital wallets everywhere to kind of share value with each other, which is, you know, kind of moving outside of walled gardens and into the open internet of value. And so we're seeing all of those kind of combined with each other. And those, those are all mutually reinforcing factors that will then, I think, have more and more businesses saying, why don't I just add this as a payment method? As Jeremy said, I think in payments more broadly, um, tremendous uh, traction and in, in use cases and in international remittances, B2B, my view is a little thinking more about specifically about like retail consumer to merchant payments. And I think there's, you know, the, the, this open question uh, that I keep hearing is like, well, we can't use, you know, USD to buy milk. Well, we we uh, we we ran a physical point of sale transaction using Solana Pay and purchased uh, a gallon of milk. Um, so we're ha happy to share the video of that. But uh, wanted to wanted to demonstrate how simple it is to use this currency and set up a you know a small mom and pop with our um, in store web app. I mean, it reminds me of when the web was taking off, and it was like, well, you can't use the internet to do this, this, and this, and you know, it, like people are just wiring this stuff up, and it's going to become something that's just so extraordinary common and every business like every business will be they'd be idiots not to take you know digital currency payments uh, as an alternative to the things that they do now um, just like they were they would have been crazy not to like set up email accounts or let customers contact them through the web or through an online forum or through a Facebook page or whatever it's just these are just going to be you know you have to do this if you just want to be a native internet business Look, the internet's great, but all I can buy on Amazon.com is books, and I can do that at my local bookstore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> so, uh, Shiraz, when you're talking about this 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 toolkit for for Solana Pay, what is actually live now? If someone is interested in actually setting this up for their business and you know enabling people to buy a gallon of milk with USDC, uh, what's that toolkit look like, and how could they get started? Sure. Yeah, we have a um, a physical point of sale client, which is a simple web app. Um, it's a very dead simple onboarding experience as well. Uh, we have an e-commerce SDK as well. So if you have your own website, um, the tooling is there to support you know both QR code payments and browser plugin. Um, and uh, we have a, a great set of partners that are working with us to both um, distribute these tools and help us build uh, and the future of this protocol and specification. We have integrations with a set of wallets, uh, FTX, uh, Phantom, and Slope, uh, and others on the way. You know, Part of the goal of this is that this is the first at-bat at the first inning. We've built some of these tools to, to provide some reference implementations and tooling for people to start building, but um, there's a whole roadmap of, of additional things that we want the community to, to build with us. Yeah, and we're we're super excited at Circle to support this, and we we see you know getting these kinds of standards adopted in more and more wallets. It's great to see, and I think um, you know we're 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 hoping that standards and efforts like this can get adopted in many many other kind of crypto native wallets and other digital wallets that are kind of coming online to support um, USDC payments. So so Jeremy with. With this sort of front-end component, where you could now receive payments in USDC via Solana Pay, um, there's a whole series of other tools you're talking about, whether it's deposit earn accounts for merchants. Um, how soon of a future do you think it's going to be possible for someone to run a business and make payroll and accept payments without actually having a bank account? I think we're getting really, really close to that. I think um, you know, with with a Circle account, um, we provide 
businesses with the ability to open an account. It's got multi-user support and administration, so you can have you know multiple employees or people in your finance department using it. It provides you know on-chain payments across multiple blockchains. Um, it provides legacy bank uh, payments, so if you need to get money out into legacy bank accounts, uh, you can do that. Um, we have a pretty exciting roadmap for new things that we're going to build there. So that kind of interoperability with, with, uh, with, with legacy you know payouts is important as well. And then you have the ability to take your working capital and put it into yield. And so as you collect payments and you have working capital, you can deploy that and generate high interest rates uh, on your USDC. And so those are things that are there today. And there's obviously a lot more that that can be built out there. We have a, a pretty exciting roadmap for things that we're building. We want really any crypto native business clearly to sort of you know make this their their global financial account for their for their startup or their growth company but more and more traditional companies as well who are getting into this who want to use this as payments infrastructure but then will tie it into um, some of their working capital management and, and, and treasury management. And then underneath that is like any developer that really has something they want to do custom it's everything is just a platform. Everything's a set of APIs that you can build on. Developers can automate all the different rails. They can automate um, how, how they store and move funds. Uh, they can kind of con control all of that in a very, very fine-grained way. And so while there is like that self-service experience, but a lot of startups want to kind of do this unique to their business so they can they can automate more and more of it. So you know, we think this year is going to be a year where these types of hybrid digital currency bank-like you know, products um, are, are really starting to take more and more hold. Yeah, so so sort of along those those similar lines, the existing payments rails and industry is one where a lot of it still runs on data collection and data marketing as a way to help subsidize the cost of running a lot of those rails, right? Whether it's American Express offers or whether it's something um, like a company that actually is 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 tracking purchases that are made in store and using that to do marketing through direct mail or other means. How does data privacy play in both with Solana Pay and, and Circle, and how are those things uh, part of your decision-making framework? I think one of the one of the most important aspects of the the whole notion of the peer-to-peer -peer transaction and removal of intermediaries is that now, when you're accepting as a merchant, accepting a payment through this protocol, you know you're not necessarily going through Google or Apple or Mastercard or Bank of America or some other intermediary, right? You you have a direct connection with that consumer, uh, and because of that, you're not potentially losing data. You know you don't have third parties accumulating all of this data. And the beauty of this protocol is that it's open. So any merchant could take this. Uh, it, you know, we're not we're not pushing an end solution down anybody's throat. This is an open, decentralized protocol. Any merchant could take this and build the equivalent of the Target Red Card system, right? Which is a very um, a, a very popular solution that Target built, or the Starbucks closed loop payment system. So I, I think the most important thing is that if merchants have control over commerce uh, and the protocol is open and they can kind of craft on top of it, um, it gives them much more control um, over their data. We also have under development APIs as part of our core token program that can provide additional layers of data privacy. So we have a confidential token API that's under development. And there's a lot of technological solutions that can be built in to give either the consumer or the merchant more privacy um, or whatever level of privacy they're interested in. But the key is they have control, they're building it in the way that suits their business needs. One of the principal benefits of 
digital currency and and stable coins and public blockchains is the higher degrees of privacy and security that they afford. And I think that's something that that people value and it's inherent in the architecture of this cryptograph these cryptographic forms of money and um, and that's that's really key. And so we merely provide ways to interact with that infrastructure. And so we don't really stand in any specific data around, you know, users in that way. And, and you know, even, you know, new technologies that we're working on in digital identity are designed to use cryptographic proof of identity, not pass around a whole bunch of PII. Um, and that's going to be really critical as you start to marry digital identity with payments, with merchant behaviors. Like, how can I, as a consumer, present myself and prove to a business that I'm a legitimate individual that's been compliance checked and make a payment to you without bleeding all my PII to you? And for me as a business to say, no, this, I know this is, you know, not a drug trafficker or, a, you know, a, a terrorist or what have you that, that I'm transacting with and, and have those settlements be fast and secure and final and private. So I think those are really, really important things. At the same time, I think that the building blocks of, of, of crypto give us new tooling for incentivizing customer relationships in new ways. NFTs in commerce are a really powerful, powerful phenomenon, which we're seeing early experiments in. But I think for businesses that want to entice customers to give them more information or have a more d direct relationship and where that information exchange can be valued in some way. I think NFTs create a really interesting and powerful way to do that. And that's something that can be direct between the consumer and, and, and the business and not something that's, again, bleeding all that information out to other networks that are repurposing that. And so I, I think there's a chance to rebuild customer loyalty, incentives, loyalty marketing, and secure private, uh, you know, privacy preserving payments in a way that's superior to what we have uh, with existing electronic payment systems today. Yeah, this is like being a, you know, it's like being a founder or an entrepreneur, you know, in 2000, right? Like think about all of the things that needed to be built then and were built. Um, and we're just on the, you know, just in the, on the starting point of this. So I, I, I think it's an exciting time to be an innovator and a developer and a founder and an entrepreneur. I love that, that vision for the future. Um, so one one last question before I, before I let both of you two go. Um, you know, Riptide, the Solana Global Hackathon, is going on right now. Um, if there's if there's one thing that you would love to see a team build coming out of this, what would it be? And uh, Shiraz, we'll start with you. Sure. I think. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's a bunch. I think one thing that could be really interesting is what is buy now, pay later on chain look like, right? So we have so many crypto users that are sitting on, you know, Soul or and other assets that they 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 want to hold that, right? They're hodl that. They they don't want to use that for transactions. So how could we enable someone to purchase from a merchant using Solana Pay, collateralize, you know, over collateralize their um, Soul holding and just you know buy now pay never use your staking rewards to pay for the purchase buy now you know call it buy now pay never that's one example uh, that could be really interesting. I think you know we're we're excited to be part of the hackathon and and putting forward you know some of uh, of our APIs that can be work in conjunction with Solana Pay as well and so I mean just generally we'd be very interested in seeing people who are building wallet experiences that are geared towards a you know 
payments, whether it's a, a P2P payment or a person to merchant payment in particular, like, but really building experiences that are optimized for that flow. Um, as opposed to being a DeFi DGen or, 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 or trading. Um, and so I think, you know, those kinds of products um, that combine, you know, person to business and, and, and person to person payment experiences that abstract away some of the complexity and then d do that around these standards. Um, I, I think we're super, super excited about that. And, and we're, we're obviously excited to see what comes out of the hackathon. You know, we're investing in a lot of companies now. And so we'll be watching really closely because this is a space that we'd love to be investing in as well. Well, Jeremy Lair, CEO of Circle, Shiraz Share, and the payments at Solana Labs. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Austin. Thanks. <laughs>